you can tell our friends And they can have my things when we're dead But we gonna live forever The Boys Cast with Ryan Long, first podcast exclusively for the boys. Before we start, you do want to make sure that your girl is in a secure location, neutral location, whether that's a bedroom with the door locked and the key securely around your neck or potentially eat it. If you are driving, you're going to want to make sure she's in the back seat or the trunk. You don't want to, and you're going to want to put that volume on low to make sure it doesn't resonate into her ears because the electrocution software will cause her problems and I don't want to deal with those lawsuits. I have been working on switching the electrocution software so it affects the vocal cords instead of her ears. Until then, I suggest you listen with caution. It's Friday. Happy Friday. Or if it's the Patreon, it's a little earlier. But sometimes, you know, you sit there, you write comedy. Sometimes you hire a bunch of some of New York's finest diverse writers and you make a late night comedy show. But then sometimes... Comedy just happens. For example, yesterday, I was watching new Mark Wahlberg movie. Mark Wahlberg, Ronda Rousey. Piece of garbage. <laughs> Terrible movie. From the cinematography to the directing, they threw this thing together. It felt like someone had a 10-movie 10, 10, uh, Netflix deal, and this was number nine, and they're just over it. But I was with the chick. Ronda Rousey's in the movie, and I go... Uh, the UFC fighter, Ronda Rousey. And she was like, which one of the guys is Ronda Rousey? And I said, what? <laughs> she said, which one of the dudes is guys on the screen? Which one's Ronda Rousey? She thought that Ronda Rousey was a male UFC fighter named Ron Rousey. <laughs> I go, come on. You thought that was getting Ron? She goes, I don't know. I never watched UFC. I don't know. that they're... I didn't know a girl could do UFC. I go, yeah, that's right. Ronda Rousey. Yeah, the, you know, the famous comedian, the Asian dude, Juan De Sykes. Are you familiar with that? Oh, that was making me so... <laughs> That's killing me. The uh, male comedian, he's like an ethnic dude. You know, he's Spanish. Ro? Ro Zanbar? <laughs> ah, anyways. My Uncle Jordan, also a guy. Doesn't work. Okay, so this is not official sponsor, but I do want to just let you guys know that if you're interested, the uh, psychology department virtual speaker series um, is hosting a hip hop feminist exploration of hip hop culture and in, in, in a hip hop feminist exploration of hip hop culture and intersectionality on the identity development of black adolescent girls and college women. I'll be there. This is a must see. So you're, you're going to want to get there. They're going to be doing big pimping, fighting the patriarchy, stuff like that. You're definitely going to want to see that. It's a hot topic before we start. We got a pretty solid episode today. Lots of different stuff. We're at 300 Patreons. Woo! Yes! Also, you're going to want to go subscribe to YouTube.com slash The Boys Cast with Ryan Long. That's where we're going to archive all the episodes, too. So they are coming out on YouTube.com slash Ryan Long Comedy and the Spotify uh, Spotify and iTunes and everywhere else. But they're going to be archived there. Lots of stuff right now. I'm still talking to people. You know, this is the post-politics world. It does feel like a little bit, even when I was writing and thinking about stuff to talk about. There was like... There is certain topics that felt meaningless before that kind of feel important again in this post world. And again, I went, I was hanging out with some of my buddies and some people I know are still 100%. You, you don't even know Trump's taking it. And what they're starting to tell me like, 
all the things like in Pennsylvania, there was all the voter machine and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Right. But what I say to them, I go, this is always how you can tell if people really believe what they say or not, especially in something like this. Cause he's telling me, he's like, I think it's 30%. I go, well, why don't you bet everything you own on it? <laughs> like I said, I go, the polls have this at like one in a gazillion chance. And you've got the inside scoop that Trump's going to like come back from the grave. So you could legitimately put a thousand dollars down and make like a hundred grand. Why wouldn't you do that? And he's like, well, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to bet. <laughs> you go, okay. So you know, I, you're like, I like, you kind of feel like you have the inside scoop, but you don't necessarily are confident in it. It's kind of like in the big short where you can be right and still it doesn't go your way. You know, there's big machines at play. I think the biggest thing right now uh, that's good about, you know, people's activism feeling a little meaningless. I'm watching like floundering takes by, by these magazines and blogs, just floundering takes. Like they're straight up just like white men should die. <laughs> they have to, they're throwing three pointers to get the views now that people are, that people are checking out in big numbers because it just, once the boogeyman is gone, it doesn't feel as important. I said, I feel like even people were liking my videos that thought it was funny because they feel like, you know, maybe it's not helping the boogeyman anymore. People actually have to figure out what they do with their life because, you know, activism, you know, speaking of UFC, I've, I've been saying that activism is kind of like UFC for girls a little bit because if you're into sports, let's say you're into baseball, you really got to kind of know what you're talking about. Baseball's not fun unless you know the stats, you know the players, you know, even... Like hockey, they have helmets on. You can't don't know who they are, so you kind of need to know all the different moving parts. Basketball's a little more. You can watch. They don't have helmets on. They play music during the game. It's like kind of a party, and there's only two guys that like matter at a team at a time. And UFC, you can like be like, oh, I'm gonna go watch UFC tomorrow. I've never seen a UFC guy. You go, who are the two guys? You watch the trailer, pick a guy, and you're rooting for him. So that's that's politics. It's the, it's the, like, and I'm not that much of a sports following guy. Like I'm, you know, especially I played sports my whole life, but I never followed them that much. Cause you know, I'm a fairly busy person and don't have the time for that or whatever. And UFC, it's always like, it's easy. You go, you watch, you pick your guy. Right. So that's what so many people that, that aren't into any of this stuff. They can't tell you how Congress works. They can't tell you the branches of government. They go, I know that these are the two guys and I'll pick one. And now that that's kind of like drying up, it's like, Activism was a good excuse for a lot of people to not get anything done, you know. Well, and you'll hear people say things like, well, it's easy for you to say, you know, it's easy for you to not participate and not care. Well, I, I wish I had the luxury of not caring who was the president, you know, and the implication is that like, oh, as a white guy or as a man, you don't you're not going to feel the downstream effects of, you know, your life being ruined by a potential candidate. And it's like, OK. Well, once that's gone and you won, now do you have to go back to your normal life? Now does you actually have to hold on your merits? Like, it's easy for you to just focus on comedy. I can't be good at comedy. I can't just make videos. And you're like, okay, well, now, like, if you got your way or whatever, and then can you, uh, now can we evaluate whose videos are better on a one-to-one -one basis? Now can we say, oh, this person's moving up with the company faster. This person's got their life together. Activism can be a huge excuse for so many people. And anyone that's, like, done anything 
you know, uh, successful or even live like a, like a life that they wanted to. A lot of times I had to make sacrifices, you know, whether that be you have less lunches with your friends, whether you be you don't get to watch like 85 television series is or more importantly, you don't get to necessarily also have a second job as an activist, as a part time job as an activist. You go, oh, I, w- I was going to start a business, but I, I had to protest. You Lucky you, you don't have to. <laughs> so great. Oh, I, I would love to, but I actually did something more important. I argued online for 45 minutes. You know, I, I, I wrote a scathing blog post instead of actually searching for jobs and, you know, putting in the extra effort to compete with other people. But, you know, I'm actually helping and you're not. I would love to work on comedy, but I just signed 9,000 petitions and I actually made a petition for treat uh, women better. It's just treat. It's like, I think that we should uh, just treat people better. And as it's gone, the activism has gotten like so much easier. I I was doing a joke where I said that just like back to the UFC thing. It's like you have to do nothing to feel like, you know, you're making the right moves. And it's all like a comfort blanket instead of actually doing anything that's hard and accomplishing anything. It used to be where you'd have these, uh, like, it used to be, even like 10 years ago, activism was kind of like, hey, there's this kid in Africa, you know, there's these people in Africa that are starving, like, there's all these babies in Yemen, they're dying of, you know, whatever, it's like, let's go help them, and, you know, you actually kind of did help, now it's like, hey, we need more Asian movie stars, <laughs> you're like, okay you used to have to go all these act 20 year old activists used to have to go to africa and then they'd find a little black baby and take all these pictures with them now they just do it with like a black guy in brooklyn they go look this guy isn't even a ceo so it's gotten a lot easier you don't have to have to leave your back you don't even have to leave your neighborhood to pretend that you're saving the world at least you had to you know get on a plane before if you really wanted to kind of say you're playing in the pool of the big dogs So the big, the big companies all pretend to do activism, but they don't actually do anything. They go, hey, do you want to donate money? And you go, do you mean, do I want to donate money and you take the credit for it? The equivalent of my someone having a GoFundMe for a comedy club and me being like, hey, I'm going to just pool all the money together. You're donating 50 here. Just give it to me and then I'll donate it. And I get everyone's money and I go, Ryan Long donated $2,000. It's the equivalent of what these companies do. But the, you know, the little people, the college girls, so to speak, they get roped all in. I would love to finish that script. I would love to work out. But I yelled at three cops today. So I think it's a little more important. I spit in five cops face. So I think I did my part. And you're like, okay, but that's part of the reason why you're 85 years old and you live with nine roommates in some hellhole. I've been doing a little bit of a role-playing thing with my girl with cops where uh, she dresses up like a cop and then spends all her attention on black guys. Boom! Jokes! I'm in the corner like, hello. Black people loved my Joe Biden video, by the way. Thousand black chicks was like, <laughs> my Instagram was just like all fucking black chicks being like, yo, you the man. And no, who did not like the thing is uh, white chicks. I actually, uh, my last video, again, two for two, 500K first day with, uh, with uh, the feminist mom thing, which was really making me laugh. <laughs> Coming in with period blood was killing me. Um, but there was some hate from like some 20 year old chicks on that video. And there, I remember a girl posted, she goes, 
uh, I dipped my toe in the Twitter arguing game because I thought it was funny, but I don't, you know, I told you my policy. I try to stay away from arguing with people on Twitter, but this girl goes, she tweeted that video going, men aren't funny. And then I just retweeted it. But I guess I got like so much followers now that I went and looked at her page. And then within like five minutes, there was like 50 comments being like, most were very funny. Most being like, oh, I don't know if you noticed, but that's not a woman you trans. Like people were mostly like kind of being tongue in cheek funny. But then there was a few dudes that were like, you're not funny, you stupid bitch. You have he, you have they, them in your bio. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so I unquote tweeted it because I felt like it was starting to be mean. Now, I've always held the opinion that a lot of people that say that they are standing up for racial injustice are generally more concerned about a masculine versus feminine war. And it all kind of stems down to that. And the black comedy thing is the best of that. So I did this video, you know, it was like totally a black thing, essentially a black face without actually doing it. But then the, all of the, all of the people that liked it were black and all the people liked it white and all the white people, like white people were like, this is racist. And it was like, okay, then why did like world star think it was really funny? You know, why is like all the, why is just every normal, like black girl, like being like, yo, this guy rules. And the reason is, is because black comedy isn't like pussy and it's kind of masculine. And I do like it. I, I was talking about Ian Fidance with the, about this the other day. And he was like, we're just talking about the, like the funniest Def Jam comics, which I, a lot of times I go back and listen to. And JB Smoove was my favorite because he would literally do an entire special that was three jokes. And it's terrible. It's like a Steven Seagal movie where you're like, this is terrible. And then the girl's like, why are you watching it? And I go, because I love it. And his JB Smoothie goes, you know, motherfuckers be going up in the club. They be wearing ski boots. And then he pretends to have ski boots for a good seven minutes. He goes, and he walks around as if he's wearing ski boots in the club. And he's just wrecking the floor. And then he goes, uh, King Kong, that movie would be a whole lot different if that motherfucker had a dick. And then he pretends the microphone's his dick and then for again maybe 11 minutes the big closer walks around stage pretending to be king kong with a dick i'm like scheduled three jokes it's the best special ever and then he has another thing where he pretending to get he says when when you're having sex but you're getting tired and then that's the whole all of his premises are like you know when you're driving and you're tired it's just no nothing you know you ever eat a bowl of cereal but uh you're falling asleep and then he pretends to fall asleep while he's eating cereal have you ever been having sex and and some of them are and some of them are just like out in outer space? Like you ever been having sex and you're wearing your hat and the hat keeps falling in the girl's face and you, then she acts out the girl having a hat fall on for eighty minutes. There's these crazy scenarios. Um, there was an era of Def Jam where it was just ten comics in a row coming out and doing a Michael Jackson impression. You'll watch like entire things like three comics in a row will do like a Michael Jackson impression and then they have catchphrases hamburger. Now I'm not gonna talk about it forever, but the point that Ian Fidens made that made me laugh so much. He goes. Because you know how me and him always go back and watch all those old Def Jam tapes and you go, this is the point where it's kind of better. And you go, do you think that there's any white, do you think that there's any black comics right now that go back and watch Evening at the Improv? <laughs> and they go, oh yeah, just, you know, just a normal guy that's like, ah, uh, you know, there's nothing for me better than just going back and watching some old Seinfeld at the Improv. <laughs> Just nothing better than when I come home drunk and just watch early at the improv with Ray Romano. It just probably doesn't work the other way. And so I've I've seen in the black community all the when all the woke stuff took over, a lot of the chicks would kind of take on that and then they'd come in and be like, you know, so I'm non-binary and everyone in the crowd's like, yeah, what are you talking about? 
And he said he was doing a show and he was murdering with black people. And then at one party he was like, you know, and I have sex with trans people. That was he was doing a joke about having sex with trans people. And then and then he said one of the black guys in the crowd just yelled, yo, you gay. I think he used the N word in his version. But, <clears throat> you know, so activism or pseudo activism can be like a replacement for, and an excuse for a lot of different things. And you can kind of see it on the other side too, where it's like the one side is just like, who's the most woke and the other side is who's the most cut, who's the most based. And you're like, who, but who was funnier? Like on stage, instead of seeing who is actually a better comic or who is a better thing, they kind of talk about these other components. And I'm always like, you know, you see the festivals with the woke thing. They all go up there and they'll be like, oh, this person's like a this and this and this is their identity. And you're like, how did the set go? <laughs> did they do good? Like with a company, they're always like, you know, and we're doing this and we hired this many people. You're like, how much money did you make? What's your share price? Like, what, what does any of this matter? So in my opinion, the theme of the last five years has been a certain group of people being like, get with the program. And then a certain other group of people being like, yeah, pretty good on that. And it's pretty simple. It's like, because they go, even when they're being, even when they're trying to, you know, extend an olive branch, it's kind of like, you know, there needs to be a path for redemption with these people that we put in the bad category. And you go, well, maybe there needs to be a pathway for you to understand that you don't have all of the right opinions. You haven't figured it all out and anyone that disagrees with you wrong. And a lot of people just don't want to apologize constantly. The, you know, the, the women are very into the idea that, you know, they need to be heard. And, you know, everyone's been with a chick where it's like, yeah, I just feel like I'm not being listened to or whatever. And you're like, make it more interesting. But the idea is like, there's a big group of people. They're like, yeah, I don't want to apologize for being a dude. I don't want to apologize for like my fucking race. And I don't want to be yelled at. And that's kind of the whole thing. And it's like, if everyone just, if they just heard that, it's like, but there's no way. And this is what, they're like, no, not only do you not get to be heard, you get to be yelled at if you even voice that opinion. So it's like, not only <laughs> it's like, is there uh, gripes not being heard, they kind of want to make it illegal to say. And this is what, and uh, there was a chance that this stuff was like, they kind of, you know, these people got their way. And it's like, okay, good. Can this, you know, war calm down a little bit? But it seems to be ramping up. This is what Vice says. They said, the housewives, the real housewives, have yet to acknowledge that Biden won the election. <laughs> this is what, this is where we're at right now, folks. They're looking at everyone's, on every celebrity, every banker, every, you know, anyone in any sort of public eye, they're going through and being like, yeah, but you haven't acknowledged it yet. They said, have the housewives spoken? Have they called the election? I mean, I'm going to start by saying, uh, who cares? Why would anyone care? Ramona Singer, Teresa Gayadis, and others have yet to acknowledge that we have a new president-elect. And that doesn't seem to be an oversight. <laughs> These are reality stars. Um, just going through my notes here, and the guy who played Big Bird is a little silent. Funny that the hot dog guy near the target... Funny that the hot dog guy at the nearest Target hasn't mentioned that Trump lost. It's just, I mean, I'm just noticing. It's like, what do you want? So you want your fans to yell at them? <laughs> what could that? I, I mean, I know the first thing I did after the election was called or wasn't called was I went to look at Ramona Singer's page, the real housewife of New Jersey or whatever, because who cares? So that's the first thing I did. I went over and I said, what's Ramona saying? 
I mean, and I looked and I saw, hmm, she's not dead because she just posted a picture of her brunch. So it's kind of funny that she has a picture of her kids, a picture advertising her new Housewife series, and yet she hasn't posted (laughs) her thoughts on the new president. On Saturday, when the stress dream known as 2020 election finally came to a close, people across the U.S. took to the streets and social media in celebration. FTD blasting the whole way. Well, people minus a few million Trump supporters, a few million. <laughs> yeah, just a few million. And some star and some stars of Bravo's Real Housewife franchises. It's kind of like it's the same as uh th- this is like the the lies they do cuz it's Scott Adams that uh, people were mentioning me they're like, "Oh, they're giving it to you your boy Scott Adams on Twitter." Because he was posting that Trump's crowds were bigger. And it was like, <laughs> they were. This is where they all, they, they can't decide whether it's like too many people or not enough people. But Scott Adams was like, because all these people go, oh, no one showed up to the Trump rally. And it was like, yes, they did. It was like millions of people there or whatever. And there was like a big picture. And then they're like, here's another picture. Where it was, oh, I was like, I don't know when it was taken, but a lot of people showed up to this thing. And not that it matters, but they're like, look, he supports Trump because he said more people were at his rally. And it was like, okay. You win. So the level of cooked you have to be to come down from this stuff is going to take a little while to come back from. If if right now you're searching through Instagram for celebrities that haven't posted enough, yeah, that's going to take a while for you to reverse that identity back into a human being that isn't a fucking psychopath. They say, in a recent Instagram post, Sarah Gall, host of the popular Bravo-centric, po- Bravo-centric podcast, Andy's Girls. It's so funny when, I, don't, I guess it's on Bravo, but it's like, yeah, that would be a podcast that's on. It's whenever these big co- corporations try to make a podcast, they're just like such a hunk of garbage. She shared a list of every cast member of the Real Housewives franchise who have yet to acknowledge the result of the presidential election. Yeah, I mean, that's basically doxing, but it's like, Honestly, I want to just hand it to Sarah Gall for doing the Lord's work. And it doesn't matter. I don't care if these housewives who are literally famous for marrying a rich guy. That's that's the whole thing they've done. This woman that's married a rich guy hasn't weighed in on uh, whether there's fraud in the election or not. Maybe she doesn't know. Maybe she doesn't care. Maybe right now she's worrying a little more of who's paying, you know, what credit card she's going to pay for her new lips for or with. However, that works in proper English. And, you know, the other person who wrote this article, I bet you she's doing better than you, too. This person who kind of stayed out of it when it comes to getting endorsements. She hasn't made it a political opinion. Probably the move. Look out for yourself. This person was out there begging a rich dude. And now she's got her own TV show for doing nothing other than <laughs> squawking. She's sitting behind a pool in Miami right now. And you're scouring Instagram to make sure that celebrities who probably are richer and more famous than you have made the right acknowledgements when it comes to who's the president and whether that was done in a fair way. You know, and to what extent do they have to weigh in on every issue? So once a week, like they're the Pope, do they have to go out there and make an announcement? Well, apparently Sarah Gall says yes. You got a platform, sister. Doesn't matter if you're a philanthropist. It doesn't matter what you do. Like I said, you could be giving money. You could be out there delivering soup to the homeless. But that's just interfering with what you should be doing. 
involving yourself in partisan p- politics and alienating half the country. If you want to be in my good books, Sarah Gall's good books. <laughs> sort of reminds me of a joke that I used to love, but it never really worked that good. But the idea was you're there and a homeless guy dipped his beard in your soup and you go, ah, I was going to eat that beard. Reversal. Very Garrett Jamesini, if you know him, the red hair guy with the big beard that's in a lot of my videos. And he says... He goes, I'm dyslexic my, and also an alcoholic, so my parents do a lot of dinking and driving. <laughs> he rules. And they say, per Sarah Gall's list, the housewives who have yet to say things include the housewife of New Jersey, Tara Gudis. And then she's Ramona, the Orange County's Emily Simpson. And she lists all four of them that haven't, uh, <laughs> that haven't done it right. I would like to turn this around. And want them to weigh in on things. Be like, hey, uh, so-and-so just had a, you know, this rapist just had a crime case and now he's appealing. It, you haven't seemed to weigh in on that. And they're like, well, I'm too busy weighing in on the presidential election. Do you not think rape's important? The Yankees just actually won the World Series and you've yet to declare them the winner. Well, it's up to you. I want every girl. It's just kind of interesting that you work at McDonald's and the Yankees won and you live in New York, but you haven't declared them the winner yet. It's like... Am I the person that declares the winner? According to Gall, it is. I would take a thousand Real Housewives opinions over people like this. I mean, this article should just read, you know, stupid reality show wife makes right decision not to share every opinion on the internet. Woman famous for being a wife denies us her political takes. She leaves us high and dry. All cast members of the Real Housewives of Atlanta blah, 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 and some other housewives, they publicly showed their support for President-elect Biden and Vice President Kamala. Some more directly than others. So even then, she wasn't that happy with it. This is crazy. You know, this is like the type of behavior when you're trying to impress your boss in a mob. You go, eh, I just found out someone that didn't pay the tax. Hey, here's a finger that I just cut off her enemy. A little interesting that uh, Johnny over there hasn't cut off any fingers. This is crazy behavior and it seems to be amping up vice reached out to the housewives mention mentioned on the list for comment hey vice wants to know why you haven't weighed in on the fraud situation can you imagine getting like their fucking assistant coming up to them being like hey vice is wondering why you haven't posted on instagram about the fraud and you go yeah tell vice they can suck my dick which i just had plastic surgery on because anything goes i'm addicted to plastic surgery Like the doctor that gets high on his own supply. He just got 10 tits. Can't stop. And the purpose of this post truly wasn't to just list mega housewives. That Thanks for uh, clearing that up. That it's, hey, I didn't want to have to do this. I Honestly, I didn't want to put your names out there. I I, I was left no choice. Gall told Vice, it was to unpack who was essentially ignoring the election results. Okay, so it was to do that. Knowing the silence could imply that agreement with the ideas, the... With the agreement with the ideas that our election was a fraud can be problematic. Yeah, I understand that's what you think. And it's mind-blowing that Vice has written 8 trillion trillion articles about how, I don't know, Russia? Like, so crazy. As Gall noticed, this isn't a typical year for the U.S. In 2020, silence equals complicity. (sighs) Around the rise of fascism. Post this or you're agreeing with fascism. So the cognitive dissonance is at an all-time high. Post this complicit. Be complicit with our message or you're a facet. These women, all of who are white, 
all that now that's extra problematic or white presenting so not white <laughs> seem perfectly fine with the black housewives doing all the emotional and physical labor <laughs> this is kind of what i'm talking about see what i mean this is a bunch of women that have considered this emotional and physical labor this is nothing you're doing nothing you were a housewife they got a show, the other ones that are posting, and they're just posting because they don't want to be accused of being fascist. And you're saying, I have to do so much emotional and physical labor in form of articles, which I am paid for. And it's all a bunch of bullshit. And they get paid $20. So this is a perfect example of someone being like, I am helping. Listen, I would have loved to take my kids to school. <laughs> It's not my point to educate you, even though you're my son. I would have loved to further my career instead of just complaining about that to my friends, how I'm unhappy and work on my depression. I would love to get in shape. I would love to lose some weight, like, but I can't do any of those things because I was just cruising through Instagram and I saw one of the housewives not posting and I said, wait a second. I got the yarn out. I started putting the pictures of the wall, connecting the dots that four people are complicit in fascism by not agreeing with what we need to do. So much for the, these people will calm down after the election crowd, in my opinion. So imagine thinking that is one of the problems that should be cared about in the world and then patting yourselves on the back for it. Right now, when I live in New York and the governor is locking everyone down, businesses are going under right and left. We're getting locked back down. Your options are limited. You can complain about it which I will do, or you can move. A lot of people are moving to Austin. I've considered going for January and February there. It's still never going to be in New York in terms, in terms of stand-up comedy if we're doing three, four sets a night. That's going to take a while for it ever to come there. So depending on your job, you can make the moves. Stand-up New York, for example, is doing... <laughs> they decided because you're allowed to be at churches, so they've decided they're going to start doing uh, synagogue shows. These guys know all the loopholes. It is <laughs> pretty fun to watch. They post, And they posted it like, you know, this is uh, great. We just want to give back to the community by doing these church shows and I'm like I see what's going on here one thing you can do is if you want to not wear a mask you can carry a hamburger around with you at all times when I was walking around the airport I had some food in my hand no dirty looks you can be on the subway with a sloppy joe and people go mask you know they start yelling at you and you hold up the sloppy joe and that is enough for them to satiate satiate their need for your compliance. Now, I want to take a second to talk about the sponsor, Sheath Underwear. And the reason for it, it was a success. I told you guys, I'm very, you know, I'm very, was careful about which sponsors I'm going to take. I have one more that I'm going to add. And I said no to Patriot Supplies. <laughs> You're not going to see, I've said no to some CBDs. I've said no to some weed ones. And I've been very careful. And the Sheath Underwear one, it was a success. They like reached out and they were like, oh, it's like it, it did really well. And, and they were like super happy with it. So I thought that was fucking sick. A bunch of dudes reached out and they're like, yo, that, those things were fucking pretty cool. So these guys are very cool at Sheath Underwear. They support the comedy and the podcast and they're about free speech and all that sort of stuff, which is not a lot of companies. A lot of them is kind of like you get in trouble for something. And then you, know, you always hear that, right? With someone, they'll be like, oh, they got in trouble and all their sponsors dropped them or whatever. These guys aren't, they don't operate like that. They're cool, bad boy, bad boy underwear. Sheath Underwear is amazing because it has a pouch in the side for your balls to keep them off your leg. 
Uh, also helps for running specifically because I told, like I told you, I have a long ball situation. The other day, well, not the other day. This is probably like uh, when I first moved to New York, so maybe like eight months ago. I was at the gym. And I was wearing like short shorts. And I was on the treadmill and I had normal underwear. And at one point, I looked down and my ball was like fucking dripping out. Like <laughs> there was a bunch of girls beside, and my ball just literally outside of my thing so no longer will that be happening no longer will be accidentally exposing myself to a gym full of people all of the the gay community of new york with my long balls because of sheath underwear it used to be like a gag that i used to pull out the fucking balls like me and my friends that used to be a big gag in pictures like someone would want to take a picture and then you would like put your balls on them but this, I remember one of my friends, and you guys know what Arabian goggles are, but Arabian goggles is, this is like touring with the band and stuff. <laughs> Fucking friend Julian, where you do this shit, someone would fall asleep and you take a picture putting his balls in your eye socket, Arabian goggles. Can you imagine right now if you just came out and just fucking straight up me too'd your boy? <laughs> like, here's a picture of me sleeping when he sexually harassed me with his balls. Take him down from his, he's like a, got a family now. You just take your boy down because of that. Arabian goggles. But anyways, back to the sponsor. It may sound weird, but if you've ever had to put up with balls on your leg, a lot of ball talk in this ad read, you know what I'm talking about. In the sheath pouch, they were designed by a soldier serving in Iraq in the summer. And as you can might imagine, it got very hot there. And he created this product right before opening fire on civilians. Okay, actually, I didn't say that. I added that. Read that wrong. Before coming home to start sheath. Helps your balls cool off because of the soft fabric separation. And you have to see it to know what I'm talking about. So go to the go to the site, which is sheathunderwear.com. Use the promo code Ryan Long to save 20% so they know I sent you. And they can uh, message me again and say that they're happy with the boys cast as a sponsorship. And we're moving forward because of you guys and supporting the sponsors, which then supports me. If you don't love them, they have 100% money back guaranteed. They don't give a fuck, man. This guy was in Iraq. You think he gives a shit about your money back? Tell him tell him that you don't want the product. He will send you a specific note that says suck it with your money in it. He's been to Iraq. He's not here to haggle. Secure the package, which sounds like their uh <laughs> Steven Zagal made their catchphrase. Secure the package. Sheathunderwear.com promo code Ryan Long to save 20%. Now a lot of people liked the the boys' questions last week because, and this is one of the things I was talking about where it kind of feels like you can get a little bit away from just some of these hot button issues and talking about real issues, which is why, I mean, I've always done that in my stand-up. Like, what's issues that never go away? Relationships. What's issues that never go away? Boys' problems. What's issues that never go away? People telling you what to do. So someone reached out with this question asking about, his chick has like a gay best friend that he thinks is a bad influence. And they're always hanging out and this guy's kind of like bad mouthing him and stuff. And he's like, but if he brings it up, his chick's always telling him like, oh, you don't want me to have guy friends and this and that. But also he's gay and he does like, I don't know what to do. And I go, okay, I actually do know the answer to this one. And understand that all of this stuff, there is like a, there is a very, a push for like what you should like, whether it's in comedy, whether it's in a relationship, whether it's in a chick. And this has been a big theme of like the last five years of people going, this is what you should like now. And it's like, just understand all of this stuff is baggage and there's different scenarios. But like if a girl is a baby, if she has 90 guy friends that she insists on hanging out with, if she still talks to her ex, it's all just baggage. 
And it depends on how old you are and it depends on this stuff, right? So if a girl comes, like eventually this stuff should kind of fade out if you don't like it. And I've been in scenarios where I don't care. Maybe when you're young, you're dating someone that's got like, you know, they hang out with all these dudes and they're always partying and all this stuff that's like annoying. And you're like, yeah, this is a temporary chick. I'd rather a scenario like that. So people can box themselves into a scenario where they're a temporary chick, which sometimes it gives an excuse for your bullshit. If you're 22 and you're fucking around, you're doing all sorts of wild shit. And then your girl's like wants to get mad at you. And you're like, you're like doing, you know, partying with this dude. But I've had both of those. It's guy friends in general. It's like all all of this stuff, you're allowed to say like, yeah, I don't want to date a fucking chick that is like hanging out with a bunch of dudes all the time. If you work together, having adult friends, and I'm going to go through an article about this, but having like, the question always comes, can men and women be friends? And it's like, the truth is, if you're like an adult in a relationship, yeah, if there's like a reason, if they work together, but just... Oh, I have this friend I always hang out with. These have always been in my life. And I was like, okay, well, just understand that, like, I don't really like that. So you better be mad respectful about it. Not like, oh, I'm at his house at 3 a.m. And with the gay best friend, this is not all. I've had both scenarios. I'm a, uh, I was dating a chick. She had, like, this gay, you know, best friend. And they kind of, like, worked together. They had, a clo- uh, they had, like, a clothing line together. And they... And the guy was like pretty super respectful and it was like honestly fine. And then I've had the other, which is a lot, especially with dudes in their 20s, there's a lot of these gay dudes that are like party machines. Where so your chick just goes out and is, you know, no one wants their like chick to be around like any people that are just like fuck machines. Because <laughs> when you start dating someone, you're like, all right, I'm kind of pulling myself out of that game. I'm not going to be like the party guy. I'm not going to be like hanging around just people that are like fucking nonstop because it kind of makes you like miss that world or whatever. It's, so that you kind of deal with all that sort of shit. And then if they if they are like bringing you around that, they're bringing that world around of like, here's my 10 friends and they're all, I oh, fuck this dude and fuck this dude. It's like, I don't want to hear about any of that stuff. And you're bringing it into my world. If anything, I'm doing my part to remove myself from that stuff a little bit. And you can bring me back in, but you're not going to like what it looks like when I come back in. If you want to turn, you want to fuck around and turn me back to the old me. And they can do all of that stuff. But it is a negative. So it's like, all right, what am I, you know, what's the trade-off here? You know, I'd like to fuck a ton of girls while in a relationship. But you don't seem to want that. We're all making sacrifices. So maybe you can negotiate that. You go, yeah, if you're going to be like on this party scene, like, you know, I'm I'm giving up that. But every month I want a freebie (laughs) on the house. The deal. Any girl that like, actually wants to be in a relationship and all that stuff, they kind of realize that what is the cost versus the benefit? And you go, okay, for a chick to be hanging out with like a bunch of dudes, you know, she's like all these guys that she keeps in contact with and goes to lunches with and goes to parties with one-on-one. It's like, okay, the cost for that is potentially I'm always mad. So I think eventually most girls just kind of fade it out. And if, or they're like mad respectful about it. And if they don't, and you can't like agree on like a compatible situation, I had one where my ex, I remember this is, you know, five years ago or whatever. She has this gay dude that she was like really close friends with. And I came home and we lived together and she came, we, I came home after doing stand up, and I had to wake up the next morning and she had the guy over and they were like doing Coke at my house. So it's like, you know, one thirty or whatever. And they're like partying. And I was like, all right, kind of wrap this up. And she's like, no, come have a drink with us. And this and that. And in my mind, I wasn't thinking like, 
okay, get mad at her, start a fight. In my mind, I was just like, yeah, I'm a rap on this whole thing. <laughs> like In my mind, I'm just like, okay, yeah, I'm going to go in there and do your thing. But in, in my mind, I was just like, yeah, that's that. I'm, enough of this. <laughs> it's just like, you know, how much bullshit are you willing to put up with? But it doesn't always give bullshit. But it sounds like in this guy's scenario, it is giving bullshit. What adults should do is if you want to have like, you know, crazy party friends and all that stuff. If you're living like a real life now, you... St- you stay, you can stay friends, but like every once in a while you dip your toe in that, but not in a way that, you know, not in a way that like you're responsible. Like if this person has some drama, like they're in a, they got fired from the job or need a place to stay. That's not your problem. They live their crazy world and you go step foot and have fun like once every month or whatever. But you're not, you're not like responsible for the, all the energy that comes with this nonsense. So there's a dude that wrote an article kind of on this, and it, it boils down to like whether men and women like and adult friendships happen. And he's a guy, and he likes to be friends with women, and he's kind of saying there's a big problem that men think that men and women can't be friends and blah blah blah. And it boils down to like the values thing. It's like if you are dating someone and they think that like oh this is how it should work and I should have this, it's like you just have a fundamental value issue. And if if you add them all up and you're like yeah. I just don't want to be like fighting about this stuff nonstop when I could just date someone that's more like me. But if you play it right, I've said 90% of the time, the chick has like a bunch of like whatever things like, oh, I need, you know, if she's, especially if she's 25, if she's 25, it's just kind of the game is gonna be a little crazier. But especially as you go older, it's like, I have all this guy and I, it's like, they always kind of eventually phase out. So if it's new, they, I would say most of the times they phase out. So a dude wrote this article and he's basically saying that he likes to be friends with women and there is a problem with the way that people see that. And it's like, why can't we just be like friends? You know, the answer for this obviously is because one of you does want to smash. I mean, I've been in like lots of friend relationships and most of the time it works if there's like a reason, you know, you're friends because you're working on something together or your chicks or friends are some reason, but not because you're just friends, just strictly friends. As you get older, it's like, I have one or two of those that you're friends specifically because you're friends and there's no other reason for that. And it, neither is really good when is your chick. Like if, if you're dating a chick and she has a guy friend and the guy's always trying to fuck, that's a pain in the ass or worse she wanted to fuck <laughs> he wasn't down he's like and so you're like oh he's trying to smash she's like oh no 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 he's way out of my league so i had to settle for you like that's a worse scenario the only scenario is like they were friends for some other reason other than being friends so they're kind of like working together friendships between men and women are on the rise in us in recent times there's been less yeah and probably another thing that's gone in co- uh in conjunction with that is divorce rates and single people and everyone getting divorced, which is fine. Again, I don't care. Be single, get divorced. I don't care about any of it, but it's just like, if you're, if the question is, you know, I'm in this relationship and I want this stuff. It's like, yeah, all that stuff is like a huge strain. There's been less cultural skepticism around friendships between gay men and straight women, but platonic friendships between straight unmarried men and women are still the subject of suspicion, particularly behind beyond childhood. My bet, one of my best friends um, from Toronto, he was in like all my TV shows and Dev Max. He's like a musician. He was friends with this chick for, you know, since they were kids. And they always used to be friends. She, her and her friends would always come to the shows. And he, 
apparently he, you know, he kind of like always, but he was smashing tons of chicks and whatever. She had this boyfriend and then lo and behold, seven years later or whatever, she broke up with her boyfriend and now they're married. So it happens all the time. It's like this idea that people are, you have this like, oh, I just have this code of honor. It's like any girl could get swept up in the romance of like, why haven't we done this? And it only has to happen once. In the 10 years, your friends, all, one night, you have to be drunk, and it's like, why, why wait, didn't we do this? So it always kind of ends up there, it, <laughs> unless there's, like, a reason not to. Like, you work together, or everyone's friends. You know, they've really integrated it properly, where, like, yeah, you're friends with the chick, but my chick's friends with the guy, or whatever. So people always like to do single variable solutions for these, like, complex problems, because the whole thing is complicated. It's like there's a lot of negatives and a lot of positives and you can neutralize all of it. But it's like, yeah, be a fucking understand what the scenario is. If you're like every time you go out, every time you go out with some some like uh, your like chick friend, it's like causing big troubles and it's a big pain in the ass. And every time you get in a fight about it or whatever, like eventually you're going to be like, is this really worth it? And the answer is probably no. And then this guy says, theorizing that many men lacking intimate male friendships are acting like emotional gold diggers towards their wives and girlfriends. Men are taught that feelings are a female thing. One woman told Hamlet, thus Hamlet theorized men save their emotional sharing for their partner, whereas women are more likely to share their feelings with a network of therapists and friends, (laughs) a network of therapists. So girls do share their emotions with their friends, but guess what? There's plenty to go around. So they come up. Yes, they, they, there's that old thing that like women speak like 10,000 words a day and men speak like 2,000 words a day. So when you have like a chick that uh, is, you know, sharing everything with all her friends, and then there is no shortage <laughs> of feelings to share with her, with her. But yes, girls probably should share with them, with the girls too. And it's so all this, this is written from a guy that only is friends with girls. So it's like a, you know, a guy that has no male friends take on female friends. And every, this idea that like men need, so the hypothesis is men need like women friends so that someone else to vent to. I mean, problem one, well, they have to vent back. So it's not, you're not going to find some female friend that like, I'm telling her all my problems. And then she tells, and then she just like takes it. So I just have these like women friend that I just get to vent to. So my chick doesn't have to hear enough stuff for me, which by the way, I don't vent that much. Most people probably don't do it that much to begin with. Some do. I have, I know lots of friends that are very emotional and I have, that I'm friends with or girls are friends with and everyone talks about it. They're like, yeah, that guy's a handful. So yeah, they have to, it's, they do have to like have uh, lots of friends that they're very helpful to because they know that they're fucking pain in the ass with all their problems and emotions. But if you find a chick that you're like, oh, I'm telling this chick all my problems and then she tells you hers, you're like, wait a second, now I'm listening to two girls' problems, one of which I'm not smashing? So now, and you have three. So what now I'm just like the sounding board for a bunch of chicks problems. You think that you're going to have a chick friend and you're going to get the, the, the taller end of the stick when it comes for who gets to talk about their emotions more living in a dream world partner. Also this idea always, it goes back to this idea that men should be more emotional when girls don't actually want that. I was thinking about this the other day, but whenever you're talking about, you know, a lot of it is these guys that like are always, you know, blow up the guys that are too emotional. The guys that would shoot up a school are the guys that are like rah, punching walls and all that stuff. Right. That guy needs to turn it off is what he needs. The last thing you need is the guy that punches holes through walls getting a little more emotional. <laughs> Their hypothesis is because he's 
because he's suppressing it, that's how it leads in the outbursts. I would alter, I would propose the alternate hypothesis that this guy just needs to find a place where he's calm and calm down. Kind of like when Mike Tyson, he used to, you know, he's talked about this a lot. He was like, I was ferocious. And now it's like, I kind of changed myself into a different person. And I don't, you know, I don't get in touch with that craziness. I don't get in touch with that emotion. You have to sort of detach yourself with it a little bit if you're the type of guy. The last thing you need is the guy that's punching walls like, you know, I think we need to turn the emotions up on this guy. How do we give him the eraticism of a woman with the craziness of a man? I do see where the archetypal male friends, which is built on sports and beer, might preclude the airing of feelings. And so this guy is, you know, has five girlfriends and he's like, oh, what am I, one of those guys that's drinking beer? And, you know, the, the thing is that all of these people don't understand is that when men, you know, a bunch of dudes get together or whatever, you're doing that for an escape. So it's like, that is like, oh, I don't have to do that. It's not that I don't get to do that. It's I don't have to do that. You got to hang out with a bunch of people and I don't have to listen to someone's problems. You know, this always focuses on, it's, you can tell it's written from like a girl perspective because it's very focused on like you telling them their problems. The issue isn't the you telling them the problems. The issue is I don't want to hear more problems. I don't want to get together with my friends and go around the circle and hear all their problems. If I'm with five people, oh, I got to say my problems? More like I got to hear four other people's problems. You know, I, I've had that with um, chicks be like, yo, you and fucking like Danny or whatever, like never talk about your problems with each other or whatever. And I go, that's why he's been one of my best friends for fucking 10 years. Yeah, that's the reason. You know, my friend Chris, like, we'd almost never talk about that stuff. Once every two years if we're drunk, something comes up. But it's like, yeah, that's the reason we're friends because we don't need each, we're not needy. So this idea is kind of built around like, oh, I'm not getting enough from them. It's like, yeah, that is how you would see it. You see your friends as someone that you should be getting something from emotionally as opposed to like, yeah, meet up with the friends and like chill and like not think about any of that stuff. Get away from your chick for a bit. Get away from work. Like, just talk shit. Make fun of people. Bully each other. And this is a classic thing that all these kind of people do is they make outliers into rules. You know, like I said, guy that doesn't like being friends with men spills beans on being a dude. There should be zero data taken from this guy's scenario. The model is culturally reinforced to the extent that not for, for a long time, men with mostly female friends were objects of suspicion. And so, you know, look, if you're if you're dating the chick and she has, you know, a bunch of guy friends, it is a little bit suspicious. Why? Statistically, a lot of times it ends badly. So people are able to look at the data and be like, yeah, I've, I've, I've had 10 female friends and like eight of them like have tried to hook up with me or whatever, you know, hook up. it's like always, you know, all the chicks that are like, oh, I'm just all my guy friends is guys. She's always like fucked a couple of them. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, obviously that's a negative. And statistically, every person, every guy knows, what do my, what do people I know look like that are friends with mostly girls? It's like, you know, for the most part, they're kind of like, you know, sometimes it's like a weasel. Sometimes it's like a party guy, scummy pussy crusher dude. But it's like always, it's never like the sickest dude that's honorable. Like any guy I know that's like tons of friends with girls, always kind of trying to smash. So you know that as a guy, just statistically, you look around and you go, I know what these guys look like. The other day, there's <laughs> this is so funny. I know a guy, there's this chick in comedy that she's like friends with, you know, she's friends with a lot of com com comedians, but like all of them are trying to smash. <laughs> and then we were at a, we were at our, uh, outside of a comedy show. And she was like, oh, he's rolling through, right? This guy who's, he, this is a perfect example. This guy is like mostly girlfriends. 
but he's always, you know, he's on the prowl. So she goes, oh, this guy's like rolling through. And then he rolled through and we're like, oh, yo, what's up, dude? And you saw his face go white because he interpreted like she was telling him to go hang out with just her. And he's like, oh, hey, what's going on? And we're like, oh, it's a comedy show. And she goes, oh, okay, uh, where's, uh, oh, and he didn't want to say like, where is she? He admit that like he thought that he was coming to the bar because she was like, oh, roll through the bar. I'm hanging out here. But didn't realize that it was like with a bunch of other comedians. And it was just so obvious this guy got caught hey, trying to go meet up with a girl that's 15 years younger to hang out and you know the guy's fine I don't mind him but it's like if he was like oh I'm just gonna be friends with your chick he'd be like get the fuck out of here (laughs) the hell out of here with that I remember feeling a vague mistrust towards Adam Driver's character in Girls when all his friends were revealed in 2000 where all his friends were revealed to be girls and then (laughs) he goes a girl confronted me about not having female friends and I'd never even thought of it before (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> how funny is that a girl being like hey dude um why don't you have any male friends like what do you mean i have male friends what about share oh yeah that's a girl no stay oh yeah samantha's mm, i never you know what this never crossed my mind that i don't have any friends never crossed my mind that i don't have friends Now, the tropes about men with mostly female friends look archaic. Seems like the 80s. To assume that a man who spends most of his time with women is just trying to hook up with them or that he's gay. It's like, again, I think a big thing when you're talking about, like, whether it's a guy best friend or a gay best friend or anything, it's like, is this a real friend if it's a party friend? And that is the the kind of big determination in all of this. Because you go, is this someone that you have some reason to be friends with? Or is it like, oh, I'm going to, I want to be in the party scene and these are kind of my liaison to it. And then you're basically deciding like, do I want to be dating like a party chick? And sometimes it's yes. And if you're dating a party chick and it's temporary, who gives a shit? Just like have fun. <laughs> who cares? Because you know it's temporary. And, you know, then put up with the bullshit that comes with it. But if it's not that, who wants to deal with any of this nonsense? You come in, you're chicks there with a guy and he's like i just fucking sucked so many dicks last night and you gotta have that energy fucking on top of you particularly in college and beyond jake says he found that he preferred the way women connect all of the friends he's made since he was 12 are women i could be just genuine he says and not be judged for wanting to talk about how i feel no that's not what it is what it is is when you're around men you feel like it's competitive and you've got to compete on levels of funniness, on levels of quickness, on power levels. And you don't want to do any of that stuff. You like that you can just hang out with the gals and no one judges anyone, which is fine. But it's the reason is, is because it's easier. And then they just all talk shit about each other behind their backs and have fights. But it's just like an easier way to live. You know, you hang out with, I, I have friends that, Kind of do that too. That like you can see that with a certain group of friends, they don't like hanging out because it kind of moves too fast. And you see them being like, ah, I don't like competing in a game that I can lose. But there is a bunch of that is because, yeah, it is much easier to just hang out with a group of girls. Path of least resistance. And they can just tell you how great you are no matter what. Tell you everything's not your fault. And then they go on more about, they say, one 25-year-old man who has assembled a large cohort of female friends through work, that's what he, it's probably the only a large cohort, <laughs> but work's fine, says that when he broke up with his girlfriend recently, he mostly discussed the breakup with his female friends. When he tried to talk to other men about it, he found that they were 
at different levels of emotional literacy. One of his male friends says wasn't very receptive of the breakup because it became and it became very uncomfortable. It was awkward. As I was talking to them, he was like, yeah, I mean, that's how it goes. He recalls. <laughs> I was like, that's not how I want to talk about it. No, this is you being too feminine and not how I talk to guys. Every guy will talk about your fucking shit, but you have to make it about something bigger. The, the, every girl, like girls and like feminine people just make everything about them. Like if you're talking, you need to turn it into a problem. Like a lot of dudes and women, they just want to say a bunch of stuff and then you listen, but it's like you have to, and then men want to solve the problem, but girls don't want the problem solved. They just kind of want to discuss it. So if you want to talk to guys about it, you talk about it in the context of the problem, you know? So if it was like, oh, she did this and this and like, I'm breaking up and be like, okay, so what's the plan now? It's like, you know, is there going to be any aftermath? Like you, you talk about like real things. Like, what do you think? You, what's the move now? Do you delete the Facebook? Like, are you going to fucking block it? Like, you have to talk about real things that are actual solvable problems as opposed to just kind of like a general, you know, and then I'm sad about that. It's like, oh, are you okay? Like, no one, want, no guy wants to have that conversation. But if you start getting the logistics, that's who you, that's how you talk about it. So you need to make, the, like, you need to understand how to talk to men about something. You can't just be like saying stuff about yourself and because then they're just like, proposing solutions or ignoring it because there's no real way to engage in that conversation. So a lot of times this comes from people just not know having to understand how to men. And it is different with girls. If you're talking to chicks, they do want to more. They don't really want to solve problems a lot of times. And it's so obvious sometimes you're like, because <laughs> sometimes it is obvious, but they want to do an hour to get back to there where they go, this friend is this and this and this. You're like, yeah, that friend sucks. I wouldn't hang out with them anymore. It's like, well, but this and this. And then you kind of, you know, it takes them two, a month to just get back to there where you're like, so it seems like you're being disingenuous. But you're like, it's just so obvious what should happen right now. It's like, if you want to just say a bunch more words, fine. But like, it's pretty obvious what's going on here. And Tom says he's concerned with people th think he hangs out with too many women because he's trying to hook up with them. Some of his friendships have grown into situations where one of them has tried to hook up with the other. Okay. <laughs> okay, so he admits, like, obviously was going here. I didn't even need to read the article where uh, to eventually get to the point where it's like, well, it has happened a couple times. And that's the problem. It's the option. You know, like I said, when COVID first started, if you're just hanging out with a chick and you're not, like, out and about and all these scenarios, it's like, it was a little easier. So it's like... You want to remove just constant options. So it's like, oh, I have eight friends and I've only hooked up like two times. So it's like 60%. It won't even be an option. Okay, but it is an option. So it's like, I don't want to be constantly competing with something where you're kind of like, eh, that guy kind of wants to fuck and he's doing better. So again, you can do it, but understand it is a baggage. I got this other dude that I'm competing with. So-and-so, he listens to my problems. Because he only has girlfriends like, oh, this piece of shit. And she'd be like, you know, then you're being in too much of a pain. She'll be like, ah, maybe I should be with a guy like that. She starts going through all that. And you're like, yuck. No thanks. So it's not just the gay best friend. But the gay best friends are a little pushier. The guy best friends, I find most part, like they kind of are easier to phase out. Because they go, yeah, I know. But the gay best friends, they go, but he's gay. So they push it. <laughs> Those guys can they, they can stay in the mix a little longer, but you want to dude best friends everything because you go. It's just like me hanging out with a chick, and you go. It's not though. <laughs> they're bad. <laughs> they're pains in the asses. It all boils down to the fact that everything in life is kind of a trade off, you know. And these people think that they're not. It's like you know, if I want to have some group of girls that I'm friends with and they're always over, it's like understand that. That's probably annoying or find a person that's not. But like I would say for 70% of adults, you'd be like, yeah, that'd be a 
pain in the ass. <laughs> like if, you know, I can't imagine when I was like growing up and my mom had like some dude friend that was always coming over. It'd be like, okay, like, you know, it's grow up. So a lot of it's that. And you go, there are 20% of people that wouldn't be annoyed by that, but they're going to come with their own bag of problems. They're going to have their own version of that stuff. It's kind of like what we're talking about with the with the emotion things. Like, yeah, I don't want a guy that's like always just nonstop like hitting me with my emotions. Like, but you get to tell him that. It's like, well, I don't want to. So that guy might be more a compatible friend with someone that wants to do that. Like a girl, like you said. And that's the type of person that has to find a girl that's friends with lots of guys. You got to find the thing. No matter what your like skill set or your person is you want to put yourself in the arenas where you're doing the best you know because a lot of times girls are like well we have to have kids early it's like yeah so what you want to do is you want to date guys that are 10 years older than you it's like if 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 uh same with girl and they go oh you know like we have a harder at work because we got a maternity or whatever it's like yeah but you also have the option of like finding a richer dude that like pays for stuff so it's like and they go i don't want to do that it's like okay you know you don't have to it's like i I remember with my ex i used to say with the diversity stuff i was like dude there's so many grants out there like you got to take advantage of that stuff and she's like i kind of want to and it's like you take advantage of any scenario you can put yourself in the thing where you're going to thrive the most you know it's a little bit like with that stuff, I know people a lot of like, oh, I don't want to be seen as a woman that like her husband paid for something. Well, you know, there's lots of people that were like rich and their parents gave them a lot of money and they're always going to hear about that. But who cares? Get what you want. Don't worry about what they fucking think. Donald Trump's the president and people were still just like, yeah, but he's just like rich. It's like, well, how many other rich people were the president, though? It's like there's always going to be some reason why people dismiss you. Oh, it's easy because you're a guy. Everyone's always going to find a way to dismiss you. So no matter what. Just ignore all of them and just get what you want. You go, okay, well, I have what I want, so whatever. You can you can dismiss however you want my way of getting it. I like the way that Schultz said that. People would say, it's like, oh, you had Charlemagne or whatever. And he goes, yeah, but everyone can have their version of that. You know, everyone can find a way to put themselves in a position where they can, that actually suits them and they can thrive. Ryan Long, inspiration corner. <laughs> and the other thing. About the pussy crusher guys that hang out with girls. I just wanted to say one last thing. Is the Dan Blazarians of the world. I always thought that was so funny. Because Dan Blazarians, like, he's like the ultimate pimp. You know, I'm putting this life on Instagram. And he would always be, here's a picture of me with like 10 hot girls on an island. And I was like, that sounds like the worst thing in the world. So you just went to an island and hung out with 30 girls all weekend? Like, <laughs> no thanks. I want to do a quick shout out to $20 patrons that just came in. And we got Olsen Thomas V., Daniel Galbraith, Todd Rainwater, solid names, right? Like a lot of everyone with the cool name squad. They know what the $20 fucking tears about. Philip de Bouchard, Zane S and Greg, one name like share coming through with the $20 Patreons. Another episode on there this week, as long as early releases and you can support me there. Also, you know, we got the merch at bbbofficial.com. My boy, Johnny. If you want to follow his merch company at Chairs for Cheap on Instagram and 6th Street Apparel. Also, I definitely want to do another shout out. So Johnny and Bobby are these two guys that like um, film a lot of stuff. And I just film uh, with Bobby again. And I film with uh, that the black video with uh, Johnny. But if you want to check him out, he he's a cinematographer. And he made a movie that uh, got picked up by Amazon. And it's called Wild Men, and it's on Amazon. And he shot a bunch of my videos and stuff like that. So, you know, it's always that thing. It's hard to sell a movie. And this guy made a movie, and they bought it on Amazon. So check that out if you want to follow him. R. Santavero on Instagram. It's not really a public account, but... And check out YouTube.com slash The Boys Cast with Ryan Long channel. And I've been Ryan Long. Thank you for following The Boys Cast. Oh.